Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to Season 3 of The Agile World, where we discuss customer and employee experience, organizational and workforce transformation, and how business can adapt and continually improve in an Agile age. The Agile World podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed in this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world, and read my latest articles, or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World podcast. Welcome to a special episode of the show brought to you in partnership with Arlington Economic Development, where we discuss issues related to the workforce, the role of place in the future of work, and the role of the creative sector in a larger business context. We call this Return on Creativity. Today, we're going to talk about returning to the office and why place and placemaking will always be important to the workforce, even in the era of a hybrid workforce. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Susan Sirocco, Director, Creative Economy at Arlington County Economic Development. Uh, Welcome to the show, Susan. Hey, thank you, Greg. It's great to be in good company. Yeah, absolutely. Looking looking forward to to talking with you and and running the the return on creativity um, events with you. It's been it's been great. To, I know we've we've talked about a lot of these topics that we're about to discuss and um, you know offline. So look, looking forward to having this discussion. Um, so let's uh let's let's start with your role at at Arlington Economic Development and um, and the creative economy. Um, first, can you describe what the creative economy is? So just so the, the listeners can, can understand. Sure. Uh, you know, at its core, creative economy really encompasses the full continuum of, en- of endeavors that, you know, are traditionally thought of as uh, nonprofit theater, dance, music, and those that are for profit, like design, fashion, architecture, film, media, culinary arts. And typically those have stayed in separate buckets, so to speak, um, in the, even in the creative world. But those lines between those sections of the industries have really begun to blur, especially with technology where new platforms are, are really available for all kinds of creators for new kinds of output. So I wanted to just mention that the big overarching National Arts Advocacy Organization, Americans for the Arts, recently featured creative economy as a strategy, uh, strategic priority. And they have this definition, creative and artistic solutions are central to building more equitable economies that provide opportunity for all people to reach their individual potential. And there's, there's a lot captured in that, and yet it still really encompasses why creative economy is the overarching sector for both nonprofit and for-profit creatives. Yeah. So in your, in your work, um, how do you demonstrate and explain the impact of being a former 
creative economy business owner, you know, in the, in the marketing and, and design world, I can, I can certainly attest to the contributions that are made, but, you know, how do you, how do you demonstrate the value to the overall business community and, you know, in your work and, and why, why would you say that all businesses should support this, this important sector? Yeah, that, that's a great question and, and really at the heart of what creative economy initiatives strive to do. So obviously economic development is rooted in data. Uh, so when the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis, the BEA, took a closer look at the output of arts and culture from an industry value standpoint, it took note and established the arts and cultural production satellite account. And this is a big step for a federal agency to yeah. be calling out one sector to understand more about its value to the economy. And the current release shows that arts and cultural economic activity adjusted for inflation increased 3.7% in 2019 after increasing 2.3% in 2018. The arts and, and cultural economic activity account for 4.3% or 919.7 billion dollars of current dollar gross domestic product in 2019. That's a big number, yeah. um, and yet it's it's certainly a yes. Uh, admittedly, it's topped by film and fashion and media, which is not a big surprise. But there are many supporting roles for creative workers that contribute to those fields and more. So it's a, it's a very substantial acknowledgement of the value of that field. Yeah. And how would you um, characterize the relationship um, between, well, first, I guess, you know, what's, what's the relationship between the creative sector and the rest of business? Like why, why should, why should other businesses, um, in addition to the, you know, to the figures that you just um, that you just quoted, you know, why should other businesses um, make sure that they're supporting these um, these these creative companies? Are there other other maybe intangible benefits as well that might be they should be keeping in mind? Well, we do know certainly that for any community, any size community to stay, uh, to have a thriving creative sector really means that it provides that community with uh, an opportunity for a, a competitive advantage to attract a diverse array of industries. Because any community that sticks with one or two dominant fields, whether it's healthcare, whether it's technology, whether it's cybersecurity, whether it's defense contracting, means that they they, they have their those industries are really rooted in a community, but they don't have a distinguishing factor that are going to later enable a community to attract other industries. So it's it's really striving to reach new levels of a competitive advantage. And in one of its signature programs, for example, Americans for the Arts, um, referring back to them, they have a partnership movement that really provide tools that help businesses, no matter what size, take on new levels of innovation through these creative endeavors. We've seen companies that have uh, artists in residence. We've seen companies that uh, commission artists to work with their employees. We've seen 
uh, companies that take on new roles to attract company, to attract employees. It provides them with a whole array of things that are definitely a benefit to the company and not just innovative native output, but what it means to the employees and how they can attract them. Yeah. So let's, um, you know, working for Arlington Economic Development, you know, Arlington County is a, you know, it occupies a physical space and, and things like that. And, you know, in a lot of talk right now is, is talking about remote work and we'll get to some of that a little bit later as well. Just the, the hybrid workforce and, and everything, but, um, you know, there's obviously a strong relationship between the physical environment and business, regardless of, of the, the, the makeup of the workforce, whether they're in an office or, or remote. Um, even though this is changing, why do you think that place will always be important to businesses? You know, while video conference calls have added a communication platform at a critical time, I mean, we, we couldn't be continuing to do our work without that level of communication. And it's really rescued communication uh, in, in many regards, but human-centered connections and innovations are, are often the result of unplanned conversations in casual settings in person. So we can look at some examples. Well before the pandemic, many companies engineered and designed their offices to optimize for that kind of serendipity and ultimate productivity. If we look even at Apple's headquarters in California, a a very uh, unusual shape of uh, of a building, of a campus, uh, you know, it's extreme in both design and function. It was intentional about the relevance of outdoor space as it was about the interior. So I think that what we'll see going forward is, you know, we're not we're not going to be throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but it will be exciting to see what new places will look like. I'm probably more probably smarter and even more enticing. So when we look at, you know, with Microsoft launching a new sales hub in Arlington occupying 180,000 square feet, and heck, with a, a Harry Potter flagship retail store opening in New York City at 20,000 square feet on three floors, I think it's safe to say that there are a lot of ways for companies to move forward, provide that customer experience, attract employees, and, and really make that something that is beyond the imagination that we've seen so far. Yeah, I like that. And, and you mentioned... Um, using place and, and spaces smarter. Can you can you elaborate on what that means to you? Well, I, I will say that, you know, when we look at what are some of the ways that companies are starting to think about their physical space, um, I, I'm going to go with smarter. I mean, I, I think what we know about ourselves, especially in this last year, is that many of us really crave a variety of settings. Uh, you know, we, <laughs> we, yeah. we now joke that you know, going from uh, the, the kitchen to our, our remote office space is the equivalent of walking down the hall and having a conversation with a, an employee. And our, our new coworkers are sometimes they're, they're four-legged coworkers right. <laughs> as right. much as they are, you know, under three feet tall for many people. Uh, but, and unpredictable, uh, which, which is always kind of fun. Uh, but, 
you know, of course, location uh, is going to continue to play a really big role for people. Access to transit, flexibility. I think these things are going to take on much more uh, importance and, and new importance to both the employees and the employers. Yeah. Um, so how do places like Arlington County, Virginia, um, stay ahead of the curve? Like what, um, you know, what's, there are obviously a lot of, a lot of places, whether they're similar or just kind of competing for the same kinds of companies to, to locate and headquarter and, and things like that. What's, what does it take, do you think, to stay ahead of the curve as, as we're, as things continue to evolve? Yeah, I think it goes without saying that, for companies to see the benefit of a relationship to their community, they have to have a physical relationship. They have to be in a physical space. It's unlikely that people are going to return, as as we've seen evidence of so, so far, um, in a completely 100%. means some will. There are some companies that can't uh, not work in a, in a fully staffed way. I mean, if you think about a place like a hospital or even a financial institution, they they're going to have uh, the different kinds of requirements to their customer service that are going to really require being in a physical space. But I think it's um, it's it's really one of the reasons that we have programs like Return on Creativity to remind our business community and our residents of what the uniqueness is of being in a community like this that strives to bring big thinkers, people who are creative thinkers, design thinkers, uh, all together in spaces that contribute not only to their well-being, but to their level of innovation to their and to their general health. You know, there are lots of, there's a lot of evidence that places that provide those kinds of cultural amenities uh, often have better educated, more healthy residents and businesses. So I think it's to everyone's benefit to be thinking about that even more directly and more purposefully. It may have been a, a kind of a, an add-on to companies to be invested in public spaces or beautiful parks or landscaping. But I think now companies are, are rethinking those as more of, of a vital element, more than just an add-on. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's change gears a little bit. Um, talk to the talk about the return to the office. Um, one of our the upcoming return on creativity events uh, we're going to have in July is going to focus on a lot of this. And you know, many companies are, are struggling to figure out the best way to do it. We've seen um, with, without naming names, we've seen many take stances and some somewhat controversially and. And, and all of that as well. And I, you know, I just think that the next 12 months is going to be um, very dramatic in terms of, of some of that, you know, companies kind of coming to terms with, with changes and what employees need and want and, and things like that. But, um, you know, what are, what are some of the big questions that are facing companies now as, as, as workforce slowly returns and, and things are, things are getting to a, a you know, a, a different state than they were during the pandemic? Well, you know, I'm not a real estate broker or a CEO, but I'm going to be guessing that paying for unused space and then devising a safe reentry plan is is are the things that are probably keeping people up at night. Now, that said, I think that it also provides a, a, a moment for people to feel like they are, even though companies are under pressure to figure it out, 
um, but they are also at a moment of understanding what they can do that is going to really help their company, help their employees, help their help help their customers uh, access what they're what they're providing. So, uh, you know, Arlington for one has uh, been quick to deploy some resources uh, by mid twenty twenty. Arlington offered a grant program, uh, acronym for Giving Resiliency Assets Near Term, a program that distributed a total of $2.8 million in funding to the applicants of Arlington businesses. Uh, But it didn't stop there. Obviously, there is uh, a need for additional support that goes beyond providing uh, financial uh, support to companies that were in in really serious trouble, uh, and the supplemental programs are continuing. We have a relaunch program in our small business section now that is reaching out to companies to help them with their marketing, to help them with their capacity building, to help them with their online e-commerce. And these are the kinds of resources that a place like Arlington is well positioned to be able to deliver. You know, our our Return on Creativity series is among them and it's designed to help address needs and help businesses find a path forward. Takes a lot of different kinds of input uh, to make that happen. And, you know, you can't stop with one kind of resource. You have to be at the ready with a whole big array of things that are going to help bring people together, help them learn from each other and know that the, that the Arlington is there with a lot of things that are available to them largely for free. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, um, one last question before we wrap up. Um, as I mentioned, uh, you know, you and I have been working on on the Return on Creativity event series for, for a while, for a number of years now. Um, could you um, elaborate on, you know, what what is what is Return on Creativity intended to do? And and, you know, how does this, this fit in, not only with your mission at, at Arlington Economic Development, but just, you know, some of, some of the points that we've talked about already? Well, you know, I think even, Greg, if we go back to when you and I first started talking about the Return on Creativity series, uh, it, it's evident that a place like Arlington is solidly anchored in supporting of a lot of cultural endeavors. There has been a robust grant program for a number of years that largely touched uh, those nonprofit organizations like theaters and musicians and individual artists and dance companies. And so when um, the uh, Cultural Affairs Division was aligned with Arlington Economic Development, it was evident to me that this is the opportunity that we endeavor to reach a larger uh, creative sector that uh, businesses like architects and filmmakers and photographers and designers and ad agencies are are indeed creative businesses all unto themselves. So it was a it was a huge opportunity to start focusing on what those companies collectively bring to a place like Arlington and bring to other businesses. And as you as we've seen in many of the um, programs that we've done, mostly in person and and now virtually the amount of cross-pollination that happens when you bring um, scientists together with artists, when you bring uh, 
you know, edu higher education together with the creatives, when you bring architects in with creatives, when you bring together these pockets of people who otherwise don't have a platform necessarily for interfacing, it's really the genesis of, of new ideas that can stimulate both the business and, and the creatives. So I think that that's really what, um, you know, we provide these events virtual and in person, um, and it adds a unique value to the foundation of what companies can expect when they move here and what employees can expect when they stay here. Yeah, that's great. Well, Susan, um, thanks so much for joining the show. Um, for those listening, uh, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? You know, Arlington Economic Development uh, website has an opportunity to sign up for newsletters. There are blog posts, but the regular newsletters that come through Arlington Economic Development, you can subscribe to the one on creative economy um, and uh, look out for more programs coming up. I know Greg mentioned that we have our next program virtually coming up on July 13th, um, and uh, you'll be seeing more information about how to register for that. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Susan Sirocco, Director of Creative Economy at Arlington County Economic Development for joining the show. To learn more about Return on Creativity brought to you by the Agile World and Arlington Economic Development, please go to returnoncreativity.com. Thanks for listening to the Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile World podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world.